0: Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guest hosts or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello.
1: All you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet, we're on planet Earth, Gaia, Sophia, Sophia, whatever you call our home planet. We're talking to all those that are out there walking around, having a good day today in Pensacola. We went to the festival yesterday, so we hope everybody here in Pensacola, Gulf Breeze area is having a good time downtown at the seafood festival and they have all kind of great people walking around i got lots of good pictures yesterday but today is sunday compassion grace universal life and pastor richard t knight and i pastor teresa j morris are universal life host and pastors of the universal life church in modesta california and we are here celebrating life together because we are the authors of our own life stories now on sundays we spare. We share our spiritual ways of talking to our global mass populace About being metaphysicians and doing what is right So we're the pastors of the Ascension age And we are Ascension masters And we share our Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp That we're building here on planet Earth It's a not-for-profit out of Florida, USA And we share love, compassion, grace, and all life And speak of the nature's God, Monad, Power of Three, Global Seven, Levels of life used in our social metaphysics that we're co-creating together We're building a bridge to those on the other side And we share do what is right And the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you Now we speak of the Korean age and now the Ascension age And we claim the titles Ascension Masters And some people put us sometimes and, Well you should do this and you should do that Because you're an Ascension Master, I've heard it for years because of the books I write for the Ascension Age And I wrote Cosmo, uh, Cosmology Or Introduction to Cosmology And uh, we share a message That we're all aware of Conscious, subconscious, superconscious Today today, I've asked Pastor Richard T. Knight Of Valdosta, Georgia to join me Who shares weekly messages To uplift our spirits On Sundays Because that's sort of a cultural tradition In cyberspace culture to have Sundays dedicated to The radio ministry Which we're going forward with And I took on the Pastor Morris's He was 108 years and 9 months When he passed over into Another plane of existence Where we know we all Are born, we live and we die So we're going to talk about the dash in Between the day we're born And the day we pass over With Pastor Knight who's helping me found this not-for-profit for our spiritual insight in the metaphysical church of mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers, spiritualists. So you could say, I guess we're a spiritualist church because we believe in ghosts and ET and reincarnation. And we believe in re- reincarnation and spirits who are sparks of our oversoul that come down into human form to experience life and to learn about our senses and right from wrong in this material world that we share together we share life and imagination compassion of our content providers and that is all of us as uh, we go into cyberspace culture as internet evangelists of our cyberspace culture community online that we are forming and building with other students and teachers because we are all students and teachers, so we invite you to join us every Sunday right here on TJ Marse ET Radio, also known as ACO Radio, Ascension Center Organization, Ascension Cosmos Oracles, and the Ascension Church Ohana out of Hawaii. Now, Teresa J. Morris Ministries is in Gulf Breeze, and we have the TJ Marce ET Radio, ACO Radio, and the ACIR Speakers Bureau of Topics and Categories for the World which includes iHeart, Spreaker, Blog Talk, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Radio, and more in many distributions wherever you want to add your podcasting. Please be sure and add one of our major studios in Google, Radio, iHeart. They're really carrying us, and we enjoy uh, distribution through their channels. So without further ado, the message today is going to be about love, emotions, uh, emerging mercy, and compassion and grace. And uh, Richard's done some research and has the message today. We asked him to bring us a message. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Pastor Richard T Knight. You're now live and on the air, Pastor. Give us your uplifting message today that we can share around the world. And oh, I want to tell you, Richard, Australia picked us up. So we are now on Australia radio. Uh, this added us. So thank you, Australia. So how about that's that wonderful. Richard, you're talking
0: to people in Australia too, yeah, that's neat.
1: That's wonderful. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll mute. mute. Yeah, you go for it Richard, thank you, I'm a mute, go ahead.
0: Well I have three topics first today and they're all kind of interrelated. The first being grace and followed by mercy and then followed by compassion. And basically grace is considered to be, uh, you know, kindness, favor, esteem, pleasing to the form, you know, Seemingly effortless beauty or charm, of movement for form or proportion, a characteristic of quality, pleasing for its charm. And that's from uh Witt dictionary, and that was come out March 22nd of this year, 21. Anyway, uh, the biblical definition, of course, of grace is our salvation through Jesus was through grace because God served, saved us when we could not save ourselves. Of course, uh, you know, on the more mechanical means of things, uh, grace is considered a grace period, uh, you know, when you're allowed a certain amount of time before you have to pay your bills. And basically when it comes down to grace, I mean, this is something that we foremost have to grant ourselves because grace could also be considered forgiveness in a way. It is the grace and ability to find within yourself that you have the grace coming forth unto you from God or your higher self, that in turn forgives all that you have done, and so forth. And of course, if you happen to be Christian by persuasion, then of course there's the grace of God that was ministered unto us through Christ Jesus and uh, or Jesus Christ. And of course, he taught that you know uh, God forgave us all that we are all forgiven without judgment of anything that we would do that would in turn, you know, hinder ourselves or hinder another person. So grace is basically a fundamental foundation stone of, you know, having compassion um, in reference to yourself and also sharing that grace and that mercy in turn towards others. Now, of course, mercy is the second... Stepping stone of our foundation today, and of course mercy can be considered or described in many different plat- platforms and ways. Uh, but the actual word means, you know, uh, it's defined as compassion or forbearance shown especially to another, to an, uh, to an offender. If you're, if you happen to be in a, a position of power, so, you know, and uh, you know, so a blessing is an act of divine favor or compassion. To be be at someone's mercy, of course, indicates a person being without defense against someone. And then, of course, we quote the Bible, Hebrews uh, 4.16. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. Grace and mercy are similar in both are free gifts of God. Both are dispensed absent any merit on the part of the recipient. Grace is the favor of God. A divine assistance, grace is what one receives that they do not receive, while mercy is is what one receives when they do not get that which they deserve. So God's mercy towards us is the way to live a lifestyle of mercy from him, through him, to him. From him we got mercy, through him we live in mercy, and to him we glorify him for his mercy. So that's what mercy and grace are all about. Uh, pretty much, you know, mercy is having um, consideration for others in turn that you may yourself be considered with mercy or, tri- or treated with mercy. Grace, of course, like I said, is, is just, you know, having uh, an inner knowing that you are forgiven for all that you have ever done. And it is an inner forgiveness and a spiritual forgiveness. And then, of course, mercy is not only mercy towards yourself, but the ability to act mercifully towards all others. And, of course, you know, uh, uh, in the 3D world, you would pray for, you know, mercy and compassion from a court of law if you were going before a judge or, you know, if you uh, had some kind of major debt that you would owed to a creditor or whatever, that they would have mercy uh, towards you and, and grant you a grace period before you had to pay your debt. Now the third and and final uh, stone in our oration here, basically speaking, uh, is compassion. And compassion, of course, comes about in many, many different ways. It is usually uh, understood as a response to the suffering of another person. So you can categorize different types of compassion by varying focus or our response, including feelings, actions, concerns, and intentions. And this is all taken uh, directly from information shared with me uh, by Dr. Ekman. and uh, So we have empathic compassion, which is the focusing on feeling the emotions experienced by the person who is suffering. And of course, this is commonly known as empathy. Then you have action compassion, which is focusing on the actions that attempt to relieve physical and emotional pain. Then you have concerned compassion, which is the concern for the person who is suffering, emphasizing the compassionate person's motivation, a desire, urge, or feeling to alleviate their suffering. And then you have aspirational compassion, which the Buddhists describe as something somewhat different, a compassion that is more cognitive than emotional, an aspiration or intention. So in other words, the Buddhists believe that they should, you should treat all living beings or sentient beings with compassion. So compassion can also be distinguished by the immediacy or response responding to the current or future anticipated suffering of someone. So we bring it forward and you have proximal compassion, which is compassion to alleviate suffering felt right now. Proximal compassion is often closely tied with the current emotional state of another person. Example, listening to a friend empathically uh, who is in distress. Um, Then you have distal compassion. Compassion to avoid suffering in the future, distal compassion often involves more cognition as it involves two components, recognizing the problem that lies ahead and being willing to engage in actions necessary to avoid future suffering, even if it requires some sacrifice. Being compassionate also oftentimes elicits happiness. It is usually it is usually. As it usually feels good to help, be helpful, and to be thanked by another person, watching others engage in a compassionate act can also make us feel good. To describe the pleasurable feeling of helping others, Dr. Ekman has coined the term "compassionate joy." Uh, then you have two other, a uh, couple other stages of compassion: familial compassion, which of course is the compassion we have for family members who are suffering. Familial compassion is not a one-time event. It is an enduring feature even when not evident and is ready to be called up where and when suffering or a threat is suffer- or there is a threat of suffering or the anticipation of future suffering of offspring. Like the emotions, it is universal to the species, permanently in place, and like the emotions, it can be observed or in other species, though there are exceptions parents who do not experience familial compassion and various explanations for why and when this occurs. Then you have familiar compassion, and this is the compassion that we hold towards our friends and acquaintances, compassion for people who we have some form of relationship with, presumably the closer the relationship, of course, the more acknowledged interdependence, the greater likelihood that familiar's compassion will be felt, although more research, of course, must be conducted on this at the present moment to verify uh, this hypothesis. Then you have stranger compassion, and compassion for people who we do not know, unlike familial and families' compassion. Stranger compassion is not universal to our species or to any other species, although Dr. Ekman explores the possibility that stranger compassion may be universal early in life, but not sustained without certain later experience. Stranger compassion varies in the scope of those towards whom it is felt or For some, it may encompass only those who share certain characteristics or identities. Stranger compassion also varies in the centrality or degree to which that concern is the organizing principle behind a person's life's choice, ranging from an occasional act of compassion to the motivation that guides a person's life work. In addition to this, we have sentient being compassion, and this is more in line with the Buddhists. Uh, because as I said earlier, Buddhists believe that one should have or feel compassion towards all sentient beings. And that's what he's expressing here, compassion towards all living beings, not just humans. Uh, This type of compassion is sometimes aligned with certain religions and other philosophies. So in conclusion, in regards to our three prongs of of sustenance for today, as far as trains of thought go, One should, you know, have grace, mercy, and compassion. They must first grant the same to themselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Recognize that we are here to forgive, raise up, and help others find joy in the very essence of their being. And from there, of course, we can completely broaden things out entirely. Because naturally, it is when you go to love someone, you must first love yourself and accept yourself fully so that you can love and accept others. Uh, You try your best not to judge yourself harshly or to condemn yourself or in any way second-guess yourself to some degree, even though a great many uh, have often had what we would call the inner critic, which is a voice within uh, the identity that constantly criticizes any and every action that a person takes. And, of course, this becomes very... Annoying after a short period of time, not to mention it is something that we need to do away with on a conscious level. So if you have love towards yourself and you have mercy towards yourself, you then are saying that, okay, you are divinely received and divinely blessed, which of course makes a good deal of sense simply because you are a divine being, okay? You are an immortal personality that was created by God or created by the source of all creation, or Mother and Father God, or whatever you identify with as being divine or deity. And therefore, in turn, you are blessed with their mercy because you were created in the first place, and the obvious reason for your creation was so that in turn you would express their beingness in not only your form as an energetic conscious part of themselves, but also now in a physical form having within you the spark of God and therefore, being that expression of love outwardly, from your physical form in in your emotional self, as towards all other sentient beings. So then, in turn, of course, we have grace. Now, of course, grace. When I think of grace, sometimes I think of ballet dancers, and you know, people that are just extremely gifted that can you know charm their way into our hearts simply because they have the ability to. Dance, or the ability to sing, or the ability to play music, or the ability to act—even in some instances, where you know our our emotions are touched within our hearts—and this brings about a, a feeling of upliftment, a feeling of grace, in a manner of speaking, because it, it it postulates joy and happiness. And then, in turn, of course, we have compassion. Now, it is grace and compassion and mercy that are primost uh, in this day and age simply because I think to a large extent we have forgotten how to be compassionate towards each other. Uh, we have forgotten how to be merciful and uh, non-judgmental with each other to a large extent. We have been constantly focused on separation, which of course separation is an illusion. Why? Because we are all children of, of one source of creation. And we are all children of that source and therefore we are also all human beings and therefore we share the same race of homo sapiens as human beings all over the world. So you have to think that you know compassion and mercy is fantastic and you have to act with compassion towards yourself. You have to have mercy for yourself and in turn with this inside of you, then, of course, outwardly you act with mercy and compassion towards all others. And you allow them grace when they, in some attitude or some manner of speaking or even by some action, they actually do harm to you. Um, And you more or less turn away from the harm and give and forgive them while you're also forgiving yourself for having allowed yourself to get into that situation. So that's kind of short and sweet of of mercy, grace and compassion or grace, mercy and compassion or whichever way, but it is a trio that basically kind of go along together, set up a foundation on how we should actually relate to each other. And this is the the point that I wanted to make this Beautiful Sunday afternoon uh, to all with all of our listeners, and I hope that it has stirred within you a way of looking at yourself that is a little bit different, perhaps, because yes, you should have mercy uh, and compassion towards yourself, so that in turn you can have mercy and compassion towards others, um, and then in turn, of course, grace is the the ability to act gracefully not only towards yourself, but also to accept gracefully all that is given you, as well as having, you know, compassion towards the, towards other people in whatever uh, position in life they may find themselves. Oftentimes, you know, people are trapped into circumstances beyond their control that, you know, puts them in very degraded situations simply because they of happenstance, you know, like, for example, if they lost their job or they... in between jobs or you know they're having a financial situation that is very discouraging and so forth we should have mercy and grace towards those people because they didn't you know go out of their way to get themselves there Um, and we should feel towards them or act towards them with compassion and that uh, with an understanding heart you want to reach out to them and say, yes, I understand where you're at. I understand how you got there. And here, you know, I am here to at least uplift from a mental, emotional and spiritual standpoint so that maybe you can go forward and take a larger step tomorrow that will bring about better circumstances for yourself and your family in bringing about joy and, and you know, harmony in the entirety of your life's reality at that given moment. So, Teresa, you've got something to add? Oh, goodness. Anyway, but yes, I mean, you know, depending on what your religious philosophy is, depending on what your tradition is, depending on what your uh, perspective is uh, and how you see a life as being, um, Will determine how in turn you would. Yeah, if I just was asking.
1: Me, it takes me a minute to unmute, but uh, I'm here. Uh, yeah, compassion for people that don't live the same uh, uplifting. Maybe today is a beautiful day. It's sunny. It's out. I mean, I've got out. I went to the store. I had to. Some people don't like to go out in the store. And then, like other people, uh, study it. For Saturday like the Jewish Believe from I guess Friday Sunday Until Saturday based on the old uh, community But uh, our new community with Ascension Age We meet Sundays and share messages of upliftment And I believe we should uh, show compassion and grace But you know there's some people Even though they're in my life And we love each other Some of them have issues And uh, they do things, but can you talk about even though you have altercations in your life or uh, my daughter knows that things are about solutions, but she is put into situations even with family members. Like yesterday, my granddaughter, you're supposed to help people by example, but like my granddaughter got upset with my daughter, you know, so there's a difference of age, 15 and 50 Sorry, so to speak. But we use examples, Richard. I know it's hard on radio for people, you know, with the fancy words and the nice thoughts. But hearing people around the world, uh, we still like, for example, God would, I will say Jesus, maybe because most of us in America are Christians, or at least think that way. But a lot of them don't want to go to church. But on Sundays, my family tends to want to honor tradition. So then we have: Do we want to go to momentum? Do we want to go to grace? Do we want to go to hope, charity? Do we want to go to the Methodist?' Because we can go to all of them. But you know what I'm saying, Richard? But showing compassion on the radio, there's a lot of people in the hospitals that listen. A lot of people come back just to hear because we're more of a metaphysical, spiritual science community that we've been building for you know close to nine years here. We have a, a more open, face, welcoming, warming culture that we're building here with the uh, ascension cosmos oracles and my daughter heard what you were saying but she went outside to be with the butterflies and the dragonflies and uh you know that's okay so but when people get in families and we don't choose our physical bonding families but i still like to have people around but sometimes they get on my nerves with their feuding and fighting is how do I uh, how do I share my mercy and grace? Being that I'm supposed to be the ascension master, having died and come back, and but I'm still human, so I still feel these feelings. But I and I'm I'm a very uh, my other daughter says I'm very passive. I'm not aggressive at all. That I'm a very passive creature, and my neighbors love to come in my house. They say they feel presence of God in my house. But can you help me? How do we all week try to display that? Because we say we reset on Sunday. My other daughter that passed over to the other world always said, on Sundays we reset, Sundays are reset. So anyway, you can help me with that, Richard. I'm going to turn it back over to you now.
0: Okay. All
1: right.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a good example, you know. I mean, we, we come into situations where other persons are frustrated and we have to do our best to act with them act towards them with compassion and sympathy, empathy, you know, to so that we understand where they're coming from and do our best not to get caught up in their anger or their frustration or add to the fire by arguing with them because naturally arguing and anger don't get anywhere. They just uh, spend the energy of both persons and really accomplish nothing. And unfortunately, if anger or frustration spins out of control, then of course sometimes things can be damaged and other times there becomes violence between persons. So the best way that I have found to uh, alleviate that or getting caught up in it is to take a couple deep breaths because in in breathing deeply, we are centering ourselves in a manner of speaking. In other words, we're reoxygenating oxygenating our our bodies and we're also allowing more oxygen to go to our brains. So we are taking a moment before we decide what it is we're going to say or add to the mix. And sometimes, you know, you've got to stand back and allow it to to just pan itself out. Uh, Other times, you feel like jumping in the middle, but that's not always the wisest thing to do, Um, and then other times you could just insist that, hey, look, you know, point it out to the persons that are arguing or, you know, uh, having contention with each other and just say, look, you know, um, your sisters, your brothers, your brother and sister, your mom and dad, whoever it happens to be, Uh, Even friends, or or just even acquaintances at times, or even you know, completely unexpected circumstances like an argument in a store between people you don't even know, or an argument in a store between a cashier and a person you, you that you don't know. Again, if sometimes your presence alone as long as you are loving and balanced and feeling joy and harmony and trying your best to express that outwardly, your presence alone can make a drastic change in the energy that's in the immediate air of the space between the given individuals. Now, I'm not saying that always happens. And I'm not saying, you know, to be unrealistic and and go to either extreme where you're constantly jumping in between fights or jumping in between arguments because that could get yourself hurt. But what I am saying is that if in any way you could get one or the other party to do, you know, some deep breathing and say, hey, look, you know, uh, maybe pass a couple of apologies back and forth or say that hey you know i uh, you know i'm sorry that things got out of hand again forgiveness is is key here too because uh they have to be able to forgive each other in order to reach um you know a, a, an impasse more or less where basically neither one is saying that they were all wrong or all right that they are both in some ways all wrong and in other ways all right but feuding and arguing and you know constant bickering and you know is very frustrating and very antagonizing to be around because the energy that is released from all of that is very negative and so it consists of a very low vibration in other words uh you know if if someone is constantly agitated or frustrated around you on a regular basis then it's going to lead you to be constantly frustrated or agitated while you're in their presence. So sometimes it's just best to leave the scene, to walk away. Sometimes a mere deep breath can, you know, settle things down a taste so that, you know, the the arguing kind of ceases, or at least it goes to a a much less aggressive level. But the thing of the case, we have to show or try our best to show compassion. And no, I'm not saying it's always easy because in a lot of circumstances it's not. But at least by showing compassion with, towards in, with each other, then we are showing an understanding of where that person's coming from and what it is that's upsetting them. And sometimes uh, a person that's upset just wants to be heard. Other times, a person in distress just wants to be heard. Oftentimes, uh, you know, even even in suicidal situations, there are lots of times where a person, you know, becoming convinced that they're going to commit suicide if they can reach out to someone that actually listens to them completely and feeds back what they've heard that acknowledges that, yes, they have been heard, and uh, they then can, you know, in turn help them to see that this is not going to solve anything, you know, that, uh, you know, suicide is not the way out. Uh, suicide is just a manner of running away. Um, now, granted, you know, in extreme cases, of course, if you were in pain 24-7 and the pain was horrendous, I could understand why someone would want to end their lives. I can fully uh, understand that, and I am compassionate and, and empathic towards that. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the right thing to do, you know. Um, But, yes, when there's adversity and arguing and contention and frustration, uh, probably the best thing to do is, you know, try and get the parties involved to take a step back from each other, to take a deep breath, because oftentimes that deep breath will allow the anger and the frustration to kind of mellow out to some degree. And at other times, you know, you can say, hey, you know, uh, this is not serving either of you any good, you know, other than the fact that, yes, you're venting towards each other most aggressively, um, but it is only harming you because naturally we say in anger things that we would not say normally when we're calm and composed. So in that kind of situation, uh, yes, you, you try to... Um, be empathic and you try to get each of the parties involved to realize that, you know, uh, it is silly to argue. To become anger does not, you know, accomplish anything. There is more accomplished in harmony than anger any day. I mean, you know, a group of people with one intent, with one purpose can accomplish, accomplish great things. Even a given individual can accomplish far more in, when acting from a space of harmony and uh, mental balance and you know uh, mental focus than they ever can when they're angry, um, So I would suggest that you know, when you come upon people that are angry, that you try and step aside and try to add uh, a harmonic note, or at least a note of civil uh, understanding and civil empathy. And like I said, unfortunately, we have learned how not to be as compassionate as we once were. It used to be, you know, that if if a person walking down the street and they saw another person suffering, um, whether they, you know, were thirsty, they would try and help them and get them a glass of water or a soda or something of that nature. Um, if, if they were hungry, they would they would bring them to their home and, and you know at least try to feed them something or take them to a store or a convenience store or, or somewhere you know even fast food restaurant where they could get something to eat and drink. Uh, these days it seems that we have lost that compassion to a large extent, and I don't know whether it's uh, to be attributed to the movies that have that we've watched with so much violence in them, or if in fact. There has just been so much violence in our environment to such an extent that it, it it in turn has numbed us to some degree. And we need to reach out compassionately towards each other. We need to realize that, you know, people are struggling all over the world from all kinds of different disasters. They're, they're struggling from hardship. They're struggling from homelessness. They're struggling from, uh, you know, all kinds of different diseases and things. Uh, and we need to have and develop our sense of compassion towards each other because by having compassion towards each other, we can accomplish much more. There's, there's just so much more that is brought about through compassion because the love is there, the, the kindness is there, the concern is there. Whereas without compassion, then in a numbing coldness, then yeah, you can walk, people walk down the street and see a person being attacked and take no action to help them. Or they walk down the street and see a a person that's been shot and they take no action to to assist that person that's been shot by at least calling uh, an ambulance or somebody, you know, that can take them to the hospital and, and take care of their wounds or what have you. Or in instances of violence, at least call the police. Uh, But people don't want to become involved anymore. I guess it is because of fear. And there's a great deal of fear of, uh, you know, recompense being paid out to them. All kinds of different things coming about because they took action where no one else would. And that's just, it really is a shame. And I don't know if this is something that can really be corrected on a grand scale or not. I would hope that it would be, but again, there are there are lots of groups out there, you know, that that address this situation
1: too. There's a lot of Hello? citizens. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. What I was going to tell you is yes, you're right, and there's a lot of citizens. Uh, the New York Times had something in July. I found a spare experiment for Americans, and they're talking about. Uh, the good reason you should have to be There's no good reason To have to be a citizen To vote in America The American experiment And this is a project From Ezekiel Kweku It's an opinion Political editor uh, Pastor Richard But he says that uh, The Washingtonians I guess that's people who live in Washington Because it's in the New York Times Folks was expanding a franchise On how to give American democracy and immigrants, because we think of people with green cards, uh, and I watch shows like 90 Day Fiance and things like that, but they say that Congress uh, back in 1929, it said to eliminate non-voting in 1926, it wasn't until 1996, it's a Congress doubled illegal immigration reform and immigration responsibility of people Just to vote, which, you know, and they discuss who we are in America, but they say that there's a lot, the strongest case for non-citizen voting, but folks, our passion, and when we see people fighting, is it our, are we our brother's keeper in, in mercy and grace to reflect the people's desire that, you know, maybe they're citizens or maybe they're not, maybe they're in the census of America and maybe they're not, because this whole country was formed by people from on the planet they're not really aliens or are they maybe we're all aliens with free speech and legal personhood i guess but what i'm saying richard is you know if we're supposed to be compassionate and help our families not to fight but if we step in and they say you don't ever get involved you're, you're uh, what do they call me you're passive you don't ever fight you don't So they don't respect people if they don't stand up for what's right. But you have to have compassion for your fellow human beings. But even on Dr. Phil this week, they had people fighting on planes over not having their mask on, showing, you know, Dr. Phil, Richard, you know, Pastor Richard. So how much of it's our civic duty to get involved? And they said the people in the planes, they have – Uh, His final message for his show this week on Dr. Phil was don't go up against authorities if you can't win. He said choose your battles because anybody on that plane now, the way they got the regulations, if any of those people flying on the plane go up against a hostess or an attendant, and that attendant says they don't think you should be on or you have to wait for another flight, they can immediately kick you off the plane and disenfranchise them. Even if, even if they have a ticket, whether they're a citizen of the United States, Chicago, Washington, Portland, it don't. it's happening all over, they just kick them off because they won't wear a mask. So these are things we're looking at now, right, is how much do we get involved and the people on the plane, we're telling them to get off, get off, if, Because on the plane, you have to wear masks. Now, yesterday, Richard, when I went out to the festival, I didn't see anybody with masks. Of course, it was an outdoor festival, but it was wall-to-wall people. I went out for the first time, Richard, in about three years since Gigi died, March 16, 2019. So it's been at least two years, but we've been in COVID-19. So how do we know as humans, whether we're a citizen or not, to get involved in a disagreement. You know what I'm saying where does our group of mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers, spiritualists, even shaman, even though we don't you and me don't take drugs or, you know, do herbs. But go ahead, Richard. Help help I'll I'll mute. But that's about how when do we know to get involved? Because we're supposed to be spiritual leaders of the spiritual community. I'll mute.
0: Well, in getting involved in any kind of contention, just, you know, argument or if, Lord forbid, if it should go to a physical fight, you have to trust your own instincts. You have to trust your gut. You have to understand that, you know, there's there's a core alert system built within you consciously that would tell you how to react or when to react in a given situation. And then, of course, it goes to the orals. The morals and the ethics involved in the circumstance as well. You know, I mean, is it, more, is it more moral for you to become involved or more moral for you to step aside and not be involved? Is it morally right or is it morally wrong? These are all kinds of different, uh, you know, thoughts and conditions that we look at mentally as a given individual. So, uh, you know, you have to make all these split-second decisions. Now, uh, you know, yes, I mean, you've got voters' rights, all kinds of craziness with that. Then you've got the pandemic on top of everything. And yes, the pandemic has drastically changed things and circumstances to a large extent because you have persons that are saying, well, why should you be in a position to insist that I do certain things when in fact you don't have the authority to do so? Or why should I be compelled to do certain things when again there is no law specifying that this is an absolute must? I mean, we're not talking just masking, but we're talking about also gathering in large groups and social distancing. And then, of course, like you said, in your example of, you know, people being thrown off a plane um, that, you know, they may have been waiting hours and had to buy an expensive ticket to ride on, being cast off the plane simply because they chose not to wear masks, where the airlines themselves, naturally for travel overseas or even uh, travel between states and so forth, anything that's, you know, a a fair amount of travel, they're going to require you to wear a mask simply because you're all sharing the same oxygen system within the plane, which is basically an encapsulated system. So therefore, you know, unfortunately, uh, we have no way of knowing who is and who is not infected by the virus. We have no way of knowing who may or may not have been exposed by the virus. We have no way of knowing who, in fact, may be immune to the virus or who, in fact, allegedly may even be carriers of the virus. So, therefore, naturally, the CDC uh, has set up guidelines saying that, you know, you need to wear masks in publics where there's large groups of people gathered together. You should also, you know, social distance between yourselves. And of course, you should uh, go out and get the vaccine. One of you know several that are now created and being dispensed through both uh, medical communities and government situations and uh, various locales and this kind of thing. And so, yes, uh, you know, I would say that hey, you know, go with go with your gut, do what you feel is the most right in a given situation. Now, I mean, if you're going to fly on a plane and you know in advance for a fact that the mask is required for you to board the plane, well, then I would strongly suggest that you wear a mask and therefore avoid, you know, being kicked off the plane. However, if you see a person that's not masked and, you know, the majority of the people on the plane are also kind of raising a ruckus, which that's another thing. You see, if you raise a ruckus with a... Person in authority upon a plane, then yes, you can ask me leave the plane. And if you get you know too much, uh, if you become blatantly too derogatory or too mean towards a given uh, host or hostess, or you know any of the the plane staff or the airline staff, uh, then in turn you could also end up in jail simply because that's considered. Uh, somewhat of a federal offense because you are not cooperating in a public conveyance. And this is a more serious offense than even if you were walking down the street and suddenly became angry and were to decide to attack somebody. If you attack somebody on a plane, it is considered a crime of a very high nature. Um, So yes, you have all of this going on and then in addition to that you know you have a, a uh hundreds of thousands of people that are out of work you've got hundreds of companies that have had to close for the lack of uh you know the public um visiting restaurants or the public visiting bars or the public going to different uh outings you know outings and events and and public gatherings you know all of have all of which have had to be postponed so i mean In this kind of a situation, well, then, you know, all you can do is attempt to cooperate with the guidance that you're given. I mean, you know, and if you feel like you need to, you know, stand up to somebody or you need to put, you know, your foot down in a situation amongst relatives uh, or even friends for that matter, then if you feel like your rights are being trampled upon or that you're uh, being treated less than you should be, or uh, you know, in, in some wrong way, then by all means, you should at least voice your opinion, if nothing more, you know. And now, again, that that's not always right, and again, it's going to vary drastically given the situation. Yet at the same time, you know, you're going to sit there and, and you're going to hope that you know uh, you are treated with compassion. But again. You know, if, if you're raising an up, you know, an uproar or a ruckus amongst several people in order to hopefully elicit their actions in backing you or supporting you in your negative connotation towards others, then naturally, you know, uh, you could be uh, considered inciting a riot, or you could, you know, there's all kinds of different things. And you know the the majority is that yes you you try and be complicit with the laws and complicit with you know authoritative authoritative advice given as long as you know it does not harm you specifically as a given individual. So on a spiritual level, you know, uh, our, our morals and our ethics, uh, emotionally, consciously, mentally uh, You know, the traditions that we honor, the traditions that we've uh come to, you know, be around constantly that has become our tradition through generations of generations of generations is, you know, that's just the way that we are now. Of course, we are completely adaptable to any given circumstance, but at the same time, I think, you know, we're... There is violence, Uh, some kind of action should be taken to end the violence, Uh, preferably one that would not directly put you in harm's way of becoming injured by the violent act or the violent persons or what have you. But at the same time, you would not become involved. For example, I mean, you know, if people are rioting and they're beginning to loot stores and things of that nature, I would hope that you had the good sense not to become a rioter and not also not also to join in the looting of stores because then in turn uh, that's of such an offense that you could actually be shot um, because, you know, that's, that's civil unrest to the extent that it is violent and therefore, uh, you know, you're damaging other people's property or stealing other people's property and things of this nature and when you're talking about it going on with a riot at the same time, then yes, uh, you know, uh, martial law can be decreed, and yeah, anyone that's that's caught looting and so forth can be shot or arrested or both. Uh, there are all kinds of extremes, you know? Well, what people
1: believe is our benefits in America. They say, uh, I'm looking at Cato Institute that a lot of companies use for their uh, statistics, folks, and you know, we always say, where do they get all these statistics? Well, there's all types, but the Cato, uh, Cato.org, okay, has uh, where they believe about citizens of America. But Richard and I deal mostly with uh, mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers, and shamans. And they're, they're thought of as people with high probability of having higher ESP, intuition. Uh, we have to have high morals and integrity because we're like also wear hats like life coaches but some of the people want us to train their children like in the harry potter series okay so i get all kind of emails or questions but i choose to not train anyone under 18 just so everybody knows in our groups on sundays so that's why they i think they should still teach morals and ethics in the churches and the brick and mortar buildings and let the children go to those and the adults you know of course they they can listen on sundays i'm sure there's a lot of people in the hospitals because i've had people tell me they're listening to me from a hospital that they like to listen to us and they listen to us on their cell phones right so uh, i appreciate all of you out there listening whether it's on google or blog talk or spreaker or stitcher or spotify or the australian radio or aco radio and. This Cato Institute's in Washington, D.C., and they share all kind of Supreme Court and policy reports and freedom of humans and our economics, but it looks like right now, you know, we have uh, human progress going on and the coloring and the browning of America going on, and there's no way it'll ever stop. It's only going to get more with people coming into our country, and people really aren't against Who you know, our country was founded on everybody coming here and mixing and matching and all of that for the larger government providing services. But the immigration coming in has spawned new talk about COVID and people from other countries in Texas, Mexico, and California coming up through the borders. And we just have to be aware that all that's going to keep going and keep happening. I think whether we have a wall or not. Uh, It's just, you know, Reagan said, you know, take down the wall over there between East and West Germany. And I never thought we'd see another wall go up ever. It felt so anti-American. But I did realize when I was a truck driver and I I drove in and out of a different retail uh, corporate headquarters for distribution, we had a lot of those along the border. And the border people that had these Distribution houses where in America, probably all countries, the big trucks, like I drove, 18-wheelers, would pull up to the doors. But they were always complaining that the people that were trying to abide by the government laws, there's those that abide in companies. And this was 25 years ago, okay, in the 90s, 5, 96 through 2000 era, 20 years ago. They were all complaining down there along Texas, California, Mexico that, you know, the people couldn't speak English fluently because they were coming across from uh, the other countries, and especially to Mexico, and they couldn't speak English. But what they would get is like one person and they'd put 10 or 12 of them uh, coming across the borders in one house somewhere or something, and they'd team up. And I saw a lot of them come into Kentucky. To the distribution houses Or the chicken plants And they'll bring them up from other countries And then send them back after 90 days So these are all things we have to think about With our uh, message today With compassion, mercy, and grace And how we accept people And assimilate them into our world Into our culture Because we are in a global arena now So Richard, how do we tell between these people that don't want to wear masks but have to on the airlines and then what we see on TV. And now, you know, the reality shows are reflecting people from around the world have to get green cards or get married to live here. There's all kind of ways to be in America in the United States. But the majority of the voters, you know, uh, those that are already saying, well, we had to become Americans. It's not right to go through and have to do all this Stuff, but we, we can go into that another show of what it takes to be an American But this is more about how to have compassion for everybody Whether they're in the you know immigrants Or they're on welfare Or they need help And then at the same time How to stand back And not get in a fist fight Or a, or a knife fight Or a, even on a plane I saw these people Videotaping them and they wind up on television, you know, because they don't want to wear a mask or something. But they say even deplaning. So you you discussed moral, morality and ethics. Uh, can that be part of mercy? Or now can uh, ethics and morality laws? So what's the difference? Do you did you as a uh, customs agent or as a border patrol or as a uh, police officer or security over in that other country where you worked or even as a probation officer how do you know the difference in morals, morals and ethics versus compassion and mercy you know what I'm saying that's a big one
0: well I mean naturally your morals and your ethics basically tell you instinctually what is right and wrong you know uh Is it morally right or morally wrong? Is it ethically right or ethically wrong? And this falls back to personal beliefs in addition to what we are taught in school or what we have been taught by our parents or grandparents or society as a whole. Now, you start mixing in the blend of being compassionate to everyone. Yes, that is what we stride towards. It is not something that by any means we have arrived at by no no even furthest stretch of the imagination at present and yes we have uh this refugee situation and the immigrant situation and it's out of control to a large extent why because refugees are fleeing war torn countries that have conflicts they're you know they're they're trying to survive and they're coming here to the United States and they are being held up at the border because naturally we don't know if they're uh, carrying COVID. We don't know if they've been exposed to other diseases. We don't know what kind of a public threat they may pose uh, morally and ethically to the populace that's already here. Uh, we don't know, you know, what they may harbor or not harbor, what their intentions are. Uh, you know, all of this kind of thing comes into play when you start talking immigrants. Now, yes, fortunately, a long time ago, Uh, This country was founded on immigration and we received all kinds of persons of all kinds of nationalities, traditions, races and so forth into our country and that is what our country is currently made up of. We are a melting pot per se of all the kinds of races, traditions and so forth that can be readily found around the world. However, it gets to a point where it becomes a question, can we support ongoing immigration to the extent that people are trying to flee here as refugees or attempting to immigrate here because conditions are far worse in Mexico or they are using Mexico as a means landmass-wise to gain access to the United States. And, yes, uh, Texas, of course, and California, of course, and, and several other places are feeling, you know, New Mexico are feeling this huge push of all these other persons wanting to get here because, you know, uh, for a long time we have told everyone that, hey, you know, America is great, you know, we have freedoms and, you know, we have freedoms of expression, we have freedoms to be, we have rights and all this kind of thing. And that's what they're attempting to gain. But the problem becomes is we don't know what their state of being is. And this is a contention now that was something that we did not have to face in the past. Yes, we went through the AIDS crisis, and the AIDS is still a uh, pandemic in Africa. And we don't, you know, AIDS, of course, uh, is being treated and uh, dealt with to a large extent. I wouldn't say as far as uh, there may be a private cure completely to it, but publicly uh, there are, you know, treatments for it and so forth. But now you come to the pandemic, and there is no treatment per se that absolutely weans one away from them pandemic and guarantees that they will not get it again or that uh, they will be completely immune from getting it in the first place. I mean, there are persons that have taken the vaccines that in turn have become infected with the pandemic. So there is no 100% guarantee from any aspect as to exactly what, you know, uh, needs to be done or not need or don't need to be done morally, of course, uh, from a human uh, interest aspect or a compassionate and merciful aspect that yes, you see these people in trouble, and your instinct may be that you want to help them. The question becomes, can you help them to the extent to which they are rightfully owed help without in turn uh, subjecting the populace at large? To any kind of uh, disease. Well, with our
1: morality and our ethical behavior in the public, I guess the common rules of society, we have morals and we know not to hurt other people. Like in the state of a villain, our our normal justice system in America is. I can hear you as well. Oh, I'm sorry
0: turn up your volume uh, or get closer or something.
1: Okay. Is that better?
0: No, you're still off in a distance to to a degree.
1: Interesting. Okay, hold on. It may be cuz I've got stuff pulled up It's. uh I was looking at ethics and morality uh things happen at the New York Times and uh it could be it's blocking my that or my phone. Huh? Can you hear me better now?
0: No, you're on the same level. I mean, I can hear you. It's just I don't hear you quite as clearly as, say, I had five minutes ago.
1: Oh, maybe I've got it up too far. Well, I had to plug it in because I was running out of juice, (laughs) so I apologize. Let's see. This may be too loud if I turn the speaker on. Can you hear me better now? Yeah,
0: I hear you a little better.
1: Okay, I turned the speaker on On my computer I don't know if that uh, For broadcast communication Uh, I was just saying With morals and ethics You know, we have the Ten Commandments Of what's God's laws If you're Abrahamic Follow the God of Abraham Not everybody does But most Catholics, Jews, Muslims And Christians follow Abrahamic faith Meaning the God of Abraham So we gave, you know, God gave us the Ten Commandments, and then Jesus came and said, faith, hope, charity, and the greatest is love, and just love one another, and that you could go to heaven by grace alone just by believing in him. So that's a different life choice of morals and ethics, but, you know, it still don't hurt each other. He, he still told us you don't want to hurt hurt people, so we have do what is right or do what thou wilt, but harm none. In most of our uh, groups And uh, you know You've got empathy, empathic Compassion says feeling Emotions experienced by the person Who is suffering and then you call, Talk about active compassion Attempt to relieve physical and emotional Pain then concern compassion Concern for people's suffering Emphasizing people's Motivation to urge Or alleviate suffering and I didn't realize there was all this tight, but you sent it to me. So I was like, wow, look at this response to suffering to another person. But most of us in morals and ethics, we have high morals, but we also have ethics. And they tend to think that Republicans – now, folks, this is just an opinion. They tend to think the Republicans have more straight traditions and like things more rigid – and it don't matter what color you are. Those are considered political views. Democrats are more lib- liberal, and Jews and uh, people of color were always sort of saying the majority are colored. are want more liberal things, people coming from other countries. So this has been part of the uh, argument. Are the more? Oh, i got to mute for a minute. Somebody's knocking on the door. But go ahead and talk about that, the difference in the way people think.
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, we are all raised, uh, you know, in different households with different belief systems, uh, whether we're Christian or not, or Buddhist or Taoist or uh, Muslim or whatever our faith happens to be. It teaches us morals and ethics as far as our comprehension of what, you know, we believe to be right and wrong, of what we believe to be morally right and what we believe to be ethical in making decisions. And yes, we have all kinds of laws in all kinds of different perspectives here in the United States that give us guidance in regards to what is ethical as far as behavior is concerned. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, societal rules that guide us into what is, what is moral and what is, not, what is immoral and so forth. And of course, we have laws of enforcement uh, that make certain kinds of acts uh, criminal, so, yes, we have to make all kinds of decisions in regards to, you know, is it right or wrong for people to be suffering at the border in regards to the immigration situation with immigration, uh, U.S. immigration as, as a, a, an agency, you know. Is it right or wrong to be holding people back from gaining access to the country? And even as Teresa had mentioned, you know, whether it's right or wrong for for aliens, not uh, extraterrestrials per se, but actual aliens uh, having citizenship in other countries from coming forward and actually voting here in the United States or having the ability to vote uh, in our political races and so on and so forth. Uh, I try to avoid uh, politics simply because uh, there it is too jumbled a mass of information. Uh I believe, you know, that everyone has a right to the way that they think, everyone has a right to the way that they behave, as long, of course, as their behavior does not in any way threaten anyone else from doing the same. Uh, Of course, I'm not going to say that, you know, you you have a right to go out and shoot somebody. Uh, Of course, that would be a drastic situation and should be only done in self-defense or the defense of others. But again, that's just my personal opinion and my personal belief. Now, of course, you know, know, others would say that, no, you should never harm another person regardless. And, of course, you mentioned the Ten Commandments, which, of course, were all fulfilled with the birth of Christ, and the New Testament was created, which is the teachings of Christ and, you know, proposed by his disciples and apostles and so forth. And so, yes, you have religious ethics and you have religious morals, you have societal ethics and societal morals, you have traditional ethics and traditional morals, and then you also have those that are uh, looked upon as uh, being judged basically from all kinds of different perspectives that would in turn serve the purpose of protecting society as a whole from being harmed um, on a public basis by given individuals that have no morals, no ethics, no concerns, no compassion, no mercy, and to a large extent, even no conscience, for example, I mean, when a person goes into a public meeting of any kind, whether it be political, whether it be uh, say a rally of some kind or some kind of protest, or even on a on a more behavioral situation where you're talking about going into public schools or you're talking about going into churches and they have semi-automatic weapons, and they begin shooting people, well, of course, that's very immoral and unethical, as well as naturally it breaks the law, because they are randomly just shooting people, oftentimes those that they don't even know, and at least injuring them, if not in fact killing some of the people. And, and of course, this is the most egregious act that you can undertake, and the, the shame of it is, you know, in the, in the last 40 years, uh, there have been all kinds of acts of, of this nature in public school settings as well as in our churches. So, again, you have to back up and say, okay, well, how do you know what another person is thinking or feeling? And that, uh, to a large extent, yes, as an empath, you can get the emotional content of another person. Uh, as a psychic, you can get the mental impression of another person. Uh, You know, using telepathy, you can... To some degree, understand another person's thoughts, but you are still not that person. And no, you cannot completely read them at moment to moment and be able to absolutely project with 100% accuracy exactly what that person may do if, in fact, they are triggered by a specific event or situation that brings up an old trauma that is held within them that they have suffered through in the past and makes them react with violence or makes them react in uh, you know, a most aggressive way. So there are all kinds of questions when it comes to morals and ethics because, again, it breaks back down to what a person believes, what tradition they hold sacred, and what they have been exposed to, uh, not only family-wise, but also school system-wise or educationally, uh, you know what? Who they have looked up to, uh, who 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 they have gone to for counseling, and all of this kind of thing. And this is where the problem comes in when you have people that are already under stress because they're fleeing conflict that in that in turn is taking people's lives at random, or they're fleeing economic situations where. They are destitute in another country because they have no economic support or no economic means to gain a good livelihood themselves in order to make a livelihood for themselves and their family. So, yes, I mean, on a moral uh, level, it would be that, yes, you want to help these individuals, but you also want to have the peace of mind and heart that these individuals are not going to become a grave uh, representation of a threat to uh, cause harm to other persons in the population at large, or in turn you know to do something that's immoral or unethical um, in their behavior when they're acting around other given persons that are here you know that have been established as American citizens, so the immigration situation is a serious problem, and it is something that, that needs to be resolved to the highest good of all concerned. Yet at the same time, also treated uh, from a merciful and compassionate aspect as well as a moral and ethical aspect. Uh, and of course, we have all kinds of laws and regulations in regards to how one can become a United citizen, a United States citizen, and they must undergo a process. So do we turn them all away, or do we divert them to somewhere else? or exactly what would be the best moral and ethical decision to make. Again, this is a, a very large area of propensity in regards to how many persons and their children are involved in all these circumstances. And I can't say morally and ethically exactly what is the perfect right or the perfect wrong, simply because, you know, uh, It is not that I don't have the training. It is not that I don't possess some of the expertise. But the thing of it is, uh, you know, I'm also a very compassionate person. So uh, my compassion may outweigh uh, what may appear to be right on the surface as far as morally and ethically or even legally to some extent. Because, naturally, when you are compelling persons to live in confinement and they're separated from their children and they've already come from a hostile situation, then, yeah, you should have some kind of mercy and compassion and there should be kind of laws that are done in, in such a fashion that they expedite that circumstance so that these people are not traumatized, or if if they are traumatized, it is only to the least possible extent. So, uh Now, on a grander scale, of course, you know, uh, there's just all kinds of unrest, civil unrest and, you know, contention going on because, uh, unfortunately, there's inequality and uh, this inequality uh, causes a lot of dissension in a lot of regards, in a lot of public gatherings and, you know, we have had peaceful demonstrations and we have demonstrations that have become civil unrest where, you know, they have resulted in riots and things of this nature. And all of this, the peaceful demonstration to get a point across to authorities is one thing. I think that's perfectly moral, and I think it's perfectly ethical. But if you start talking about crowds that are gathering, and uh, like what happened in Washington, D.C., when the Capitol was stormed, even though Congress was in session, that was completely out of hand. You see, that was completely immoral and completely unethical because they took the law into their own hands, and so on and so forth. Now, of course, this is only my humble opinion, you know, and, and I I can imagine that some people agree with me, and I can imagine that a lot of people don't agree with me. It all depends on your point of view, your perspective, and like I said, where you are coming at things uh, as a moral and ethical individual and also what your spiritual perception is of things as well as what your religious tradition might be or whether, in fact, uh, you know, how much... Control by the law, or how much control by government you think should be in place, and all kinds of different things I mean this is expanding out far and away um, and yet at the same time it is getting into the root in a manner of speaking of what you know morals and ethics are made of, and you know where things fall, because yes, we can spout spiritual principles and we can spout you know how things should be. Uh, from a spiritual aspect, because yes, we need to love each other. We need to respect each other. We need to, uh, morally embrace each other and we need to teach, each, to treat each other ethically and morally to the highest regard. And we need to have compassion and mercy and give each other grace per se. But at the same time, uh, there are going to be lots of different, uh, implications in regards to, you know, different situations, different takes on things, and everything of that nature. Well, we Teresa, have plenty
1: have you of us? Yeah, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I hear you fine. Right?
1: Okay. We have a charter of compassion group, folks. I don't know if you're aware of it. It's an umbrella for people to engage in collaborative partnerships worldwide with other people of compassion and we have a board of trustees in Washington, Bainbridge, and the Charter of Compassion, and uh, there's support charters and related websites like Golden Rule Day, Elevate Compassion, Compassion Education Summit. So I didn't even know about this till the message today. So I guess every week uh, that Pastor Richard comes up with a message or something. In the cyberspace culture out there community, we can blend it together weekly on our uh, spiritual show here called the uh, Ascension Cosmos Oracles. But they have a social justice handbag, uh, handbook, handbag, maybe they got one of those too, a handbook. And then it says uh, people want to engage in a collective partnership worldwide. And the mission is to bring the principles that are articulated in the Charter for Compassion through concrete practical action in a myriad of se- sectors. Now, they show that they do charters like Richard and I do in publications. They have a newsletter, a charter blog, a community toolbox, uh, extended racial healing, compassion for racial healing, the Golden Rule Day publication, and Islamophobia guidebook, Medium.com Charter for Compassion, the Social Justice SoundCloud Charter for Compassion, What Makes a Compassionate City, Uh, Spiritual Path Institute, the United Religions Initiative. Just so you know, there's plenty of groups. Now this, I'm looking at a a speaker because we do speaker bureau, but it says, uh, how could you handle Uh, Your online talk Right And she does workshops Uh, Shaniqua Pierre Is her name But she's actually into uh, Unapologetic leadership For the intersection of education Authentic impact Social justice And empowerment For the community of compassion She has an educational reformer School leader Bachelor's in science from Florida International School of Psychology and Health Studies. So I guess that helps. So you can see why she's playing dual master in mental health counseling and applied behavior analysis for the College of Psychology at Nova uh, Southeastern University. And she's pursuing her doctoral degree. So she founded a nonprofit called Girls Empowerment and motivated to succeed, that she works more with girls. But she also made a parent portal in 2018. Now, Richard and I are just getting started on all our articles, but she has a a powerful testimony in healing. So I just sort of thought that's funny that I found that because of the word compassion. And Richard and his transformation in helping us in healing on Sundays to inspire us, to uh, come together and at least think about a topic that he brings us weekly. And then we expound and continue sharing in our cyberspace culture online. And hopefully we're gonna transform and help this disruptive behavior because there's a lot of people that do wanna disrupt for change. Now this gets not really into politics, but more into groups and social media groups. And cybersecurity and how we handle our groups and compassion online in our charters, groups, communities. They call it digital citizenship, Richard. And uh, it sort of goes with your lesson for today, compassion, mercy. So how do we act online versus, uh, you know, and they have bullying, you know, with your uh, don't bully. And they have uh, four-week courses They cost them $30 for four weeks. And they have, uh, why do I need to know this stuff? Watch your children, adults, and cyberbullying, which we haven't even touched on. But, you know, folks, we mainly have our listening audiences, mystics, oracles, psychic, sages, seers, shaman, spiritualists. And we're uh, healers of the conscious, mystics, mind, body, spirit, essence. But it also now we have to think of our students and teachers and we have our children going back to school now. But I told you, we don't really work with those under 18, Richard and I, because we're working with adults continuing education. But for those of you working with those younger children, such as my grandchildren and great-grandchildren, they say that you should know your people and your families and your homes and your neighborhoods and even on the internet because knowledge is power. So you may want to enjoy looking at that Charter of Compassion group uh, and look at how they have benefits to make you aware of the internet safety, social media using, cybersecurity, and how to use your email safely and how to use social networks. Those are the free places that you can post uh, like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Pinterest, Instagram. Those are all free, but once you put that up there, each one of those companies owns the right to it. Basically, you sign all that by using their, they're paying for all that for you to put it up there in those databases, because that's basically all it is, is a digital data community online. So we're connecting with people, building healthy relationships, we hope. But the digital citizenship, go ahead and look at uh, that charterofcompassion.org and Digital Life 101. I think it's pretty interesting that they're teaching. And she does have a degree in that, and they have a board of trustees. But we'll get ours going here for the ascent- We're ascent – we're sort of – I made this more for Ascension Center organization for the word Ascension, raising conscious awareness. But we're passionate about our love and how we want to fulfill helping others here and change the world. But we do it in cyberspace culture on the Internet. So uh, you want to have any testimony of that on Sunday, Richard? How we can enjoy empowering others through education is part of our, you know, live long and prosper, I guess, our Star Trek, our Orwellian, you know, the the future of how we foresee writing our books and sending our messages and having, we've got guides, we've got Esoteric Guide, we've got Mystic Guide, we have Spirituality Wellness Guide, and we need people that want to help us as entrepreneurs And uh, any of you world travelers out there that want to share your authentic uh, work and your works of experience, uh, let us know who you are. And if you're an author, we interview authors during the week. And uh, Richard and I come back here for Paranormal Thursdays and do Science Fiction to Science, other book endorsers or authors. If you'd like to participate, let us know. But uh, let's talk about, Richard, people that trick you. They pretend to be trustworthy because they're on the Internet. Can you speak to that? They're still in other people's information. But you and I have set this company and this not-for-profit up so we can vet them and know who they are in Internet safety and social networking and our learning tools and our digital privacy. Can you speak to that, Richard, because we don't want to have these people tricking us. And we need to assure well, no. our listening audience that an now Internet you. can be tricked. Go ahead. Yes, now
0: you, now you open a world that's, that's, you know, when you start talking cyberspace, uh, yes, knowledge is at our fingertips now. We can travel anywhere in the world without even, you know, so much as stepping out of our, our chairs. Uh, you can gain all kinds of knowledge over the Internet. There is just a world of access and knowledge. But in addition to that, unfortunately, you also have the CD side. You know, you have the black web where supposedly all kinds of things that are normally illegal can be purchased. You have the black web that also transits uh, personal information of persons. So you have to be very, very leery as to who you communicate with to some degree, or at least guarded anyway, because you don't know for a fact, who it is you can actually trust. Uh, there are all kinds of persons out there that will gladly steal your identity and make all kinds of purchases and, and run up all kinds of debts in your name. And then because they've used your identity, it all appears on the record that these are the debts that you owe to various companies, corporations for services, etc., etc. So you have to be very careful and very leery as to making actual purchases Uh, they should only be done through secure websites uh, you know and things of that nature and you have to be very careful because yes you can be readily scanned there are lots of people out there and this has been going on probably for about the last 40 years or so or maybe even longer than that because basically when computers were invented you also had all kinds of thieves and all kinds of crooks and all kinds of cyber bullies and cyber uh, identity thieves and things of that nature that also uh, prey upon those that are not leery when they're traveling the Internet. So you have to be very careful as to who you transit with, what kind of information you share, and who you can trust and who you cannot trust. Now, we, of course, conduct background investigations and things of this nature in order to make certain that we're actually dealing with a real person and not someone who is just claiming to be this, that, or the other thing because it's very easy to do over the Internet. They're, for the most part, you know, you can assume anyone's identity. I mean, you can make up an, a false identity or you can have uh, 50 different identities or whatever because, I mean, you can go on Facebook and create an account as long as you have a name and an email address. That's about all it takes, Uh you know and of course, you can secure your independent email addresses and so forth by three or four levels of security, depending on how involved you want to become. I would recommend for your own safety that naturally your password should be changed on a regular basis. You should probably also use uh secure password questions uh secure background questions again, for your own security, you can also have other devices tied into. You your laptop or your computer like your phone and you can also have your phone uh, tied into your computer as well um, and again the more devices you are using again there will become security questions because naturally anyone you know uh, the majority of people that can call you on the phone now. A lot of them are robots. A lot of them are fishing expeditions. In other words, just trying to get your personal information. A lot of them use intimidation and fear to draw you out, to try and get you to make payments to people that don't exist uh, or you know, to get you to understand or believe that you, know, you owe the IRS taxes or uh, there's something being changed in Social Security your Social Security account or things of this nature or persons impersonating law enforcement and claiming to be persons that they are not all to intimidate you to get you to come forward with information or, in fact, actually transfer funds to them. So that happens on the phone. So if it's happening on the phone, you can imagine it's happening all over the Internet as well. And it's a shame. And, yes, we have uh the FBI has a cyber, cyberspace... Uh, Crimes Bureau, and of course, uh, you know, uh, there. You know, if you get calls over your phone, you can block them or report them to the authorities that they are impersonating or to law enforcement in general. There are all kinds of things that you can do. Of course, as far as kids are concerned, there are all kinds of websites that you might want to block uh, simply because some websites are trolled by individuals that are uh, you know, have no morals or no ethics. Uh, There are other websites that, you know, you don't want your kids to become involved with at all. Um, And as far as, you know, education goes, yes, there are lots of educative resources out there. And uh, there are a great many persons that have gone the mile, you know, and they have doctorates and they are experts in their particular uh, brand of teaching or their particular area of expertise. Uh, but at the same time, you have to be leery simply because uh, you need to know for a certainty that who you're speaking to, for the most part, is in fact the person that they are claiming to be. And this is not as easy as it used to be because now, of course, with anybody able to create a name on the Internet and pose themselves as that person, anyone else of a similar name could also find that they, you know, uh people are, have different impressions of them because they're getting feedback that quote-unquote, well, didn't you say such and such the other day or didn't you do this the other day or so on and so forth. And it's becoming very, very highly... um Difficult at times to find out exactly who it is. I mean, there are even uh, ways in which, you know, signals from computers can be bounced off of various satellites and so forth and made very hard to trace back to the source. There's all kinds of security measures and all kinds of security questions that can be addressed. And these are things that you need to look into, at least to a minor degree, for your own, for for the protection of your own privacy. So in other words, don't take for granted what someone tells you on face value, okay? You should explore as to who the person is and find out about as as much about them as you can. And certainly do not blindly trust other people simply because if you do, you may find yourself in a compromised situation where they have gotten you uh, to a sense of trusting them to the extent that unfortunately you may share information um, that they don't need to have that can be used to your detriment in the future. Um, so you have to be very guarded to some extent, and uh, like I said, uh, is it, it's kind of funny because, uh, well, it's not really funny, but the internet, of course, has been uh, stabilized and utilized for the last couple of years, more so than ever previously in its history, simply because along with the pandemic, we were all sheltering indoors. And, of course, when you're indoors, the major ways in which you can become entertained, of course, is to ascertain information over the Internet or to communicate with other individuals on the Internet or to look into different subject matters and things of this nature on the Internet. Of course, you have your media with the television. And, of course, there are movies and now all kinds of different uh, channels on the television and all different corporations are putting up their own TV stations and so forth for all kinds of entertainment that way. But then in addition, you uh, sit here and uh, there are all kinds of media expressions over the Internet as well because you have YouTube, you have Speaker, you have uh, Instagram, you have all kinds of different things. And you even have (laughs) Zoom meetings. (laughs) You know that
1: uh, on the fake storylines too on Instagram, there was a 90-day fiance, Yolanda, that got uh, catfished. And it's a show and it's uh, funny, really. I, I, I'm sort of intrigued by it. But she got to know a real good-looking man and it turned out it wasn't him. It was some Nigerian person using some foreign guy picture, and she got catfished. Do you know what that is, Richard? What they call catfishing or not? Do you know what yes, catfishing catfish. is?
0: catfishing is basically utilized to date people or to gain people's confidence by, uh, you know, influencing them in, in an emotional respect so that they be, believe, you know, that there's a sincere interest with them emotionally, and, of course, yes, they will submit pictures to them, you know, and they'll... they'll uh, basically try to influence them to the degree to gain their trust, and in actuality, it may not be them at all. And, of course, the same is also true with business ventures. You can There are all kinds of fake employers out there. There's all kinds of fake uh, uh, individuals out there that will uh, run you into all kinds of various scenarios that, in fact, don't exist at all, um, and the majority of them are all looking for money. So if someone on the Internet or over the phone is asking you for money, more than likely they are a fraud. If someone comes out of the blue and starts to approach you from an aspect being that, you know, oh, I saw your picture on the Internet and I am very attracted to you and, and you know, I happen to be a prince of this other country or I happen to be a nobleman over here or I happen to own all kinds of businesses or I happen to be a millionaire and all of these kind of things, uh, you should be very suspicious when approached in any of that fashion simply because uh, chances are when it comes down the road a bit you will find a circumstance that all of a sudden they are needing help directly themselves financially or all of a sudden something is helping happen to a relative of theirs where the relative needs help because you're in a drastic uh, financial situation or a medical situation or anything of this nature and yes, catfishing basically means that you are pulled into developing emotional concerns and emotional feelings towards an individual on the belief that they feel the same way towards you, only to find out that in fact it's an entirely a different person that is using someone else's identity and posing all of this information in order to dupe you, per se, into believing that they have all this concern, when in actuality they don't at all. But it is always done from one perspective or another, so in turn, they gain something from you, whether it be money or whether it be, uh, you know, some kind of other aid or assistance. They are doing it so that in turn... Say what?
1: Let's give me this. Let's go I this. I can't hear Sorry. you. There oh. you go. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Catfishing uh, is a person who sets up a false personal profile on a social networking site for fraudulent or deceptive purposes. So that's the short, but it's easy. Even if you're smart, they say you can lose sight of common sense being reeled in by a catfish, an online imposter who tries to win your sympathy or, like Richard said, your love by creating elaborate scheme to be some good-looking, sexy person when they're really not, right? So here's a reality check for everybody. I'm going to read this because it's really good on SOS Safety Magazine. You can become a photo detective. Richard and I won't do this for you, but you can do it for yourself. You can look at the uh, original detail photos of their magazine. It says look for detailed photos. We're losing your volume again. I don't know why I'm on. Oh, wait, let me check. Hold on. Uh, Let me check my – no, it says – there it goes up. That's strange. It's not me doing it. I don't know who's doing it, but I can see it. Is that better?
0: Yeah, a little I better.
1: That... Interesting. I don't know what that is I've turned off, but I've got it on Wi-Fi, so maybe it was on data too. So you can look at the pictures, and it says uh, on your Google searches, search the phone, see if the photo is shared or spotted elsewhere online, and then see if there's a watermark on it. For models sometimes, they'll have a watermark on it. And it says dumb data, okay? Physical need to be proportional, but that's just if you're looking at stuff. That's sort of common. I don't like those kind of things. Those are really detailed scams. Spelling and grammar, your dating site, you know, if it's too serious too soon, it probably is rushing things. Ask a lot of questions because they meet people online, but they'll never go live. They'll always get out of meeting you. If you say, oh, I'm in Atlanta, meet me here, meet me there, make sure you live photo them first, get to know them, like on Skype. But do it, says if you're going to be intimate, you know, in an Internet uh, relationship, you should get to know them, seeing them human, and make sure they're not putting even another human up, like sitting next to them to be their best friend to try to get in your bank account or your computer. Because if they get in and try to get in your – your even your social media. See, people uh, for years were tricking me for a 1,000 – everybody because we were just – Facebook would say, be these friends and people. We need you to get 2,000 or we need you to get 5,000. And everybody was doing it to get their numbers up like herd mentality in social media. So that's what Facebook was doing so they could claim more numbers for the advertisers. And even Google, the same thing. And in Google, if you'll notice, a lot of people now with on Google, uh, even though Google's wonderful and I use it and most everybody does, if you look at their pages, all these people are paying for advertising on the first page. That means like the landing page for a word, like ads. It's got ads dash social catfish ads cyber blackmail, ads being verified ads this label org that you're being catfished, ads family education they sell those to be first, so the Google makes money off of Google by selling companies the ads on the top of the landing page that means the first page you see like when I pulled up the word catfish, okay? Now, what you want to do for yourself, for your company, is you want to get your company on the first page, but it's sort of false because they won't put your name on first. They're going to have all the advertisements first in the feedback where people will see it. So also when you're Googling even, right, make sure you're not just hitting the first ad advertisement. Go down below all the ads. Then that will be the normal people that aren't having to pay for advertising to be on the top of the page. These are things we learn by using the Internet and having a cyberspace culture. But we want to help everybody with compassionate mercy and grace on Sunday, but also trying to help everybody know as much as you can on the Internet. So Pastor Richard T. Knight, Mercy and Grace Sundays. (laughs) <laughs> well, that was today's message anyway. So uh, familiar compassion, having family members suffer, and then stranger compassion is uh, centrality or degree to which concern is organized, basically the principle of a person's life choices. So when we make these life choices, imagine that girl, she got a lot of hits, but she got known, uh, a lady of color, black, how uh, well, do they say African-American named Yolanda, gets uh, a lot of hits on social media because she was catfished. I don't think I'd want She was sort of embarrassed. Her kids tried to tell her. But now she's with a younger man. And the younger man's 30. So, you know, we can't make those choices. Richard, on morals and and, uh, magic words, uh, helping people to be wise... Why do you uh, – let me see how much time we got, Richard. We may not can go into another. Yeah, we only got 16. Well, that's really – as long as you got 15 minutes devoted to it, Richard can put, pump out the knowledge and information. Okay, wise wisdom on who – you know, you and I want people and, – and, folks, we're only charging $5 a month for us to vet you and put up your bio and get to know you, but we want you to be in our club for a year, if you're going to help us do ACO Press Club or get to know you with your domains or work in developing, but you know we do all kind of things, Richard, and we're writing books too. But if you're a real human, Richard, in our internet club, our cyberspace culture club with Melinda and me, and weekends and on the during the week, we would like you to write your own book and be the author of your own life story that Richard's working on now and I'm working on. But uh, just do your chapters. And Richard, what do you want to talk about? We've got Do What's Right, The Golden Rule, Korean Age, Ascension Age, Imagination, Compassionate Content Providers, Internet Evangelists on Cyberspace Culture Online. And today's Grace, Building Compassionate Grace Globally. So Richard and I are working with people around the world in developing domains and websites in this little weekly radio show. Richard, you got 15 minutes left. What, did, what would you like to build for our bridge to other side or the people that have crossed over maybe? We didn't really touch a lot on the people. You know, what makes us spiritualists? Well, we,
0: yeah, well, we don't but, need to touch everything every weekend, you know? <laughs> I mean – you know, you've opened, you've opened a huge door because, yeah, when it comes to cyberspace security, I mean, you should have all kinds of firewalls. You should have uh, anti-hackers and, and, and security programs on your computer, your laptop, even your phone uh, to prevent persons that are just scammers from being able to, to contact you. Or if they do contact you, to have the wisdom and the discernment to be able to tell exactly who it is. You know that's that's attempting to scam you or what have you now, yes, they're fortunate for us. There are all kinds of like minded people around the world, so there are all kinds of movements that are compassionate and drive. there are all kinds of movements that uh believe that you know we should be merciful towards each other, that we should have uh we should allow each other grace from the extent being that you know we are have sympathy and empathy when a person falls down that we have the the grace to help them up and the grace to help them, you know, to get back to where, at least partially, where they had been before they were fallen. Um, There are thousands and thousands of topics of spirituality. Uh, There are all kinds of topics in regards to near-death experiences and uh, people being crossed over and so forth. There's all kinds of different topics, um, and fortunately, we have the ability now to research almost any of them in just a matter of a few brief moments simply because you can go on the internet and uh, you know as Teresa was explaining that yes Google is making money and all of these any and everyone on the internet is making money when they set up ads because these ads have what they call funnel pages and the funnel page is directly there to obtain your information whether it be your name and your email address or even perhaps your phone number and all of this is done so that in turn they can solicit you to make all kinds of purchases for all kinds of learning programs for all kinds of different things of this nature so that's another area in which you need to be leery because people will promote themselves or promote a program that they are promoting and say that, you know, this program uh, will give you such and such information and so on and so forth. And if you go to one of their seminars or you go to one of their presentations, you suddenly find out that, yes, they're giving you the peripheral information of what they have been saying that they're going to discuss, only to find out that the meat of the matter is now held in a paid-for program that you have to solicit them in order to become a member of and pay for up front before you actually get the meat of the matter of what it was originally they were promising to teach for free. So even this is out there as well on top of everything else. So be discerning and yet at the same time, you know, be compassionate as much as you can. Be towards your, mother, your fellow man, of course, your relatives, your friends, your associates, your colleagues. Uh, have mercy and understanding when it comes to where they're coming from or what they may be going through. And of course, uh, allow them grace from the aspect being that rather than being offended, see it as a place of beingness that they are expressing their frustration or their anxiety or their depression or their just complete, complete, uh, inability to deal with a specific situation to the best of their ability other than to lash out in frustration or anger in expression verbally towards others. Give them the grace to be and the compassion and the mercy to understand them from the aspect being as, you know, don't allow the circumstance to overwhelm you to the degree that you in turn become angry, frustrated, and in turn lash back because then you're just adding fuel to the fire. But there are all kinds of organizations all over the world, in all kinds of countries around the world, including our own, um, that have all kinds of philanthropic uh, organizations and non-for-profit organizations that are out there to help people, regardless of what circumstance you may find yourself in. Okay? And so from, even though the grandiose idea would be that we are compassionate and treat everyone with compassion worldwide, or within our realm of experience, uh, we are not there yet. We are getting there. I am hopefully saying and embracing, of course, in spirit and heart and mind, that yes, we are taking steps towards that, but we are not there yet by a far cry, as the old expression goes. So uh, be compassionate towards yourself, be merciful towards yourself, Be graceful with yourself in the fact being that you don't constantly criticize or become harsh towards yourself. Think of yourself with love. Think of yourself with acceptance. Think of yourself with forgiveness. And in turn, treat others in the same respect. In other words, you know, have compassion towards people. Treat them with forgiveness. Treat them with uh, compassion. Treat them with mercy. Treat them from the aspect being that, you know, hey, if I'm not there, I could be there tomorrow. You know, you have to have empathy and sympathy from where, for where people are coming from, from what people have been through and from what people are going through in the present moment. Um, and yes, we are here in fellowship. We embrace everyone. We uh, reach out with love towards everyone from the aspect being that we accept everybody regardless of race, creed, uh, tradition, uh, you know, belief system, et cetera, um, of course, ex- with the exception of those on the fringe, you know, I mean, we're not going to ad- endorse or embrace criminals that we knowingly know of, or, and we're not going to uh, in- knowingly embrace extremists such as Satanists or, or persons that are perverted or, or you know, persons that in-, in any kind of ethical or moral extreme, per se, but we do embrace the majority of persons in the in the fundamental belief that everyone has some good within them, and we are here to uh, address that goodness within ourselves and the goodness with, that lies within us all. And it is through compassion and mercy that we discover this most readily. Uh, we are here, you know, to reach out to those that uh, would like to join us. Uh, whether it be to share experiences from a paranormal or spiritual perspective or to help them write their own story, uh, help them compose their books, edit their books or publicize their books or even publish their books. Um, because as Teresa loves to say, everyone is the author of their own story. And this is very true. And this is how we actually relate to each other when you think about it, you know. When you're getting to know someone, they're relating their life story to you, their batch of experiences that have come about, that they have lived through, that in turn makes them the person that they are. But also be leery in regards to, you know, not be so trusting that you're blind trusting. In other words, you're you're trusting blindly to anyone that approaches you for any reason whatsoever because that's how you get scammed and that's how you get taken advantage of. And, of course, uh, cyberspace culture and the Internet and all of that uh, has its downsides just as much as its upsides. Fortunately, I believe the positives far outweigh the negatives at the moment. But you still need to be leery and discerning from those that you meet. Um, now, yes, Teresa and I are very genuine. You can look up our profiles and we, you know, We are earnest and real people. Our pictures are real. Our stories are real. uh, You know, our uh, expertise is real. Our experiences are real. But again, you know, we don't expect you necessarily to put uh, blind trust or faith in us. We, uh, you know, our experiences are personal. And yes, you have your own personal experiences. And so we share our experiences in hopes of encouraging others of like mind or possibly even with like experiences in the past to join us and come forward and maybe, you know, uh, write articles in any of our, uh, magazine topics or write books of their own stories, uh, you know, to share in conversation, to share in, uh, you know, viable contact as, uh, you know, acquaintanceship or possibly even becoming friends at some point down the line, uh. We have a tremendous cyberspace culture, and we have a you know uh, we run the radio here, and uh, we welcome everybody without judging them per se, other than of course attempting to weed out those that would be uh, of a conflicting nature. You know, uh, we don't want negative persons on the radio that are going to sit here and contradict everything that's said, or be so pessimistic and and uh, degrading that they're not sharing anything of a positive nature I think you know uh, that about says it all Teresa I do believe
1: okay well folks you heard uh, we have a model a business model in the internet cyberspace culture we're building together in a community if you'd like to join we uh, invite you as a member we're going to start a membership drive for those, but we will want to get to know you through your uh, LinkedIn, preferably as a business to business or business to community or business to culture or business to company even. And uh, I'm developing relationships with professionals in India and one of them sent me pictures in Calcutta where they were flooding and they were needing help. So please, if you have any money, please send it towards Calcutta. And uh, people in India, they need it. So just look around. There's plenty of ways to be of assistance with your compassion and grace alone. And uh, we, of course, uh, we simply play pay bills for being a radio station and getting it out all over the distribution channels. So we, of course, are. Uh, it's PayPal. Me forward slash. TJ Morris ET Radio If anyone would like To uh, share a few dollars towards uh, Richard and I And what we're building here On Sundays And just tell us you would like to help pay for the show And then uh, our Guides we're building uh, Soon we have the one For esoterics We have one for mystics And we have one for psychic guide And then spirituality wellness And then uh, as Richard writes an article every week, I'll take that and put it on one of the uh, probably Spirituality Wellness for Compassion today. And then Melinda on Wednesdays is going to write an article. And uh, we'll just do the best we can starting right now in paranormal and spirituality. Because I seem to specialize in the Ascension Age moving forward consciousness and education with our spirituality and spiritual science. and so looking forward to knowing everybody consciously in your awakened state. Of course, we discussed Beta, Alpha, Theta, Delta, Gamma, Sigma, ti, uh, uh what they call TAU as the sixth sense. So uh, we're going to be getting, hopefully, working with some people that I know that help teach remote viewing and do some videos too. I'm waiting to get all that done. So Richard... Would you like to leave your email in case they want to? Right now, folks, we're going to get it set up where you can tune in and sign up on our guidebooks to help write articles. But until then, Richard, uh, I just asked him to use his Gmail account, uh, richardtnight35 at Gmail. And tell him how to reach you on your social media, Facebook or LinkedIn.
0: That's R T night, my initials. And then my oh. last name, five at gmail.com. And, yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, on LinkedIn, I'm Richard T. Knight. And uh, you can uh, recognize, because I run Dr. Knight, Inc., which is a special investigations uh, and research sole proprietorship. Um, and I've been on LinkedIn now for probably... Ooh, for a good ten or fifteen years, and I've been on Facebook equally as long. Um, and, as a matter of fact, Teresa and I became colleagues and acquaintances on LinkedIn originally, probably about four, three or four years ago. Probably more like four years ago or so, and we've had the, the uh, we've been friends now on a constant basis for a little over a year. And we've been doing radio for at least a good six months or so. And, of course, uh, I have been doing radio for a little bit over eight years before I met Teresa. And, of course, Teresa herself has been doing radio independently for uh, nine years prior before we met. So we are both uh, very well-rounded, you know, in regards to radios, uh, radio shows and so forth. And uh, of course, you can reach Teresa at T J Morris Agency. That's T J M O R R I S Agency at gmail.com. And of course, Teresa also has numerous websites and numerous Facebook <laughs> uh, profiles and so forth. Uh, and we welcome anyone's, you know, uh, attendance. We appreciate our audience. We appreciate all our listeners out there. And anyone that would like to be interviewed on Thursdays as an author or an expert in one given field and like to share their experiences, uh, by all means, feel free to contact us. And uh, in addition to that, of course, you're welcome to join our ACO Club, uh, which is American Communications Online, uh, through Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com at $5 a month. Uh, And yes, You know, we have all kinds of different uh, organizations and affiliations and uh, we'd be glad to discuss any of them or anything that happens to interest you on a personal basis. Um, That's it for now. May you all have a blessed evening. We certainly appreciate you having listened to us and we hope in some way we may have brightened your day or shared some information that may be answered a question or two. Uh, Teresa?
1: Thank you, Richard. Okay, everybody, we'll see you Wednesday. Remember out there, we're all counting on you to be in our spiritual community, a spiritual science community with us, and uh, we like being in a niche genre for all mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers, spiritualists, even shaman. If you want to help us, or ancient wisdom and new thought teachings so and we watch Ancient aliens on friday too by the way on this channel thank you richard look forward to seeing you next week okay everybody yep, I thank, you. One. thank you for being my friend thank you everybody thank you richard see you thursday thank you